Welcome back to Gal on the Go Unplugged. My guest today is Jennifer Paul, who had a sweet start in the culinary field, selling homemade treats from her family's kitchen at the age of 11. I first became aware of Jennifer when I saw her stunning strawberries and cream cake with a Barbie silhouette that she created for Davio's Northern Italian Steakhouse to commemorate, of course, the Barbie craze. Jennifer has worked very hard at many notable restaurants to hone her skills as a pastry chef. At age 25, she was the executive pastry chef at Canoe, an esteemed restaurant inducted into the nation's restaurant news for Fine Dining Hall of Fame. In addition, Jennifer and her recipes have appeared in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, Shape Magazine, Zagat, and more. As if that's not enough, currently she's the executive pastry chef at Davio's in my area. Lucky me. Hello, Jennifer. Thank you for coming on Unplugged. Hi, I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Are amazing and part of a very hot topic at this moment. So you had shared with me that you started baking at the age of 11. So who or what first influenced you? Yeah, so growing up, my mom has always been like a really good cook, but she never really baked much. I have a huge sweet tooth. I believe when I was like four, I used to like not finish my meal. And then I said, can we go to quit trip? Because I'm snack hungry. <laughs> I always wanted something sweet. So I started baking maybe like eight or nine and I started baking like biscuits and then different things, cookies, seven layer bars, like easy things like that, brownies. Then also I watched a lot of Julia Child, uh, lots of, lots of uh, PBS cooking shows. So that also, you know, got me really into it. Um, but yeah, just kind of being greedy, honestly, <laughs> the main thing. <laughs> hey, that's okay. It led you to your passion. So, you know. <laughs> Now, like out of that passion for baking, is there an aspect of it from your childhood that you still incorporate into your cooking technique today? From time to time, I still use similar recipes that I used back then. Right now at Davio's, actually, we have this power lunch dessert, which is like a simple, you know, little easy, quick bite. And I've made um, a, a play on the seven layer bars that I used to make as a kid. Those were something that I would give out to, um, I would, that's something that I sold when I first started selling desserts at 11. And also like I would give out to my basketball team and stuff like that. I mean, I always make biscuits all the time, something that I've done when I was younger. So yeah, this, the stuff I did when I was younger still comes around all the time, really. I love that, that the bars that you start as a kid as one of your first sales is now like in this very upscale <laughs> <laughs> That's like so cool and like full circle. Right. <laughs> Your desserts are stunning. What, as I had mentioned, like, you know, how I first found you was when I saw the Barbie dessert that you created. It's so elegant. And I was just wondering, like, how your journey in the culinary world has shaped your approach to creating desserts today, like your Barbie masterpiece. Yeah. So I mentioned earlier that, you know, I started really being in desserts, really only caring about the flavor because I wanted to eat it, you know, it tastes good to me. And, you know, it probably wasn't until I went to college and after being there for a couple of years where I really realized, you know, everything really needs to look just as good as it tastes. Um, everybody eats with their eyes first, especially at, you know, fine dining restaurants and things like that. So I've always, you know, ever since, you know, college, I've been like, you know, 
all right, this has to also look great. And then it's really been the last probably five years, seven years where I've been like really elevated things. I I tend like my style is kind of to do stuff that's familiar and like somewhat Southern familiar stuff that, you know, you read on a menu and be like, oh, that sounds good. You know, I've had that before. But when it comes out, it looks completely different than expected. Strawberries and cream dessert or something, uh, carrot cake or something like that. You might think it's going to, you know, just be a slice of cake or some sauce or something like that, some cream or ice cream, but it ends up having an elegant presentation. So yeah, I guess just also it's fun to play with the food and make it pretty and make it beautiful. Just eating with your eyes first and being able to be creative and not just with flavor, but with, you know, presentation also. To that point, then when you're creating these beautiful pieces, are you experimenting and just moving forward with them like on your own because you like them? Or do you run them by your mom or your family and say like, hey, what do you think of how this looks? Or do you have to run them by the head of the restaurant that you're working at? Usually, for instance, um, it's normally just different staff. I have a few uh, service staff or waiters there that I really respect their opinions. And then also other chefs I work with, sous chefs and stuff that I work with. And so if I have like a couple ideas in my head, I might play that both of them be like, which one do you like better? Or for instance, with the Barbie dessert, I initially was like playing with the size of the Barbie head. And I was like, I don't know if I should put like three smaller heads around it or just do one bigger head and like trying to figure out exactly how I wanted that to go. So yeah, just I get input from, you know, the people, the sous chefs and the other staff that I uh, respect there. Oh, very cool. And you obviously made the right choice because it's so beautiful. (laughs) Okay, I I know you like the flavor, uh, which totally makes sense. But is there an aspect of baking that you enjoy the most? Um either like currently even today that maybe like years ago you didn't uh, appreciate or enjoy but you do now or you always have such a hard question because people always ask me like what's your favorite thing about baking or what's your favorite thing to make and it's always like everything (laughs) Um, (laughs) you're like that's why i'm in the field (laughs) right so it's like it's hard question i really enjoy most everything about what i do lately it's been no, the past few years has been presentation and really just kind of elevating that to being not just like not just look nice, but to really be beautiful. And then also I'm I'm big on texture. A lot of people don't. I feel like a lot of places I go, like have dessert. I'm just like, it tastes good, but it like there's just no texture to it. You know, it's just kind of like one note. So I'm big on texture and then also like adding in, I don't want a dessert to just kind of have like one flavor to it. You want it to kind of have like multiple like flavors and textures and things going on. So yeah, kind of just like elevating, not just the look, but also flavors and textures and everything. That's so thoughtful. I I love learning that you do that. That's really cool. So to that point, then, is that how you keep it fresh for yourself? So let's say you mentioned you make the dessert that you had made from childhood. So if you've been making that for a while to keep it fresh for you when you're doing desserts that you know, like really well, how, how are you able to keep it fresh for yourself? Hmm. I guess just kind of trying new things all the time. Sometimes there's something there was something that I played it a certain way before. Like for instance, tiramisu is one thing that, you know, usually you see that it's either like 
cut in a square or a rectangle. And that's how I've usually done it. I usually do it like in a rectangle and show the layers and try to make it like look really pretty. But recently I've done it where it's in a mold, like a round mold, and then it's covered in a chocolate glaze, a dark chocolate glaze. Oh, wow. And um, so it has that mascarpone mousse and those espresso soaked lady fingers. And then it also has like some... The, on the plate, it has mascarpone cream that has that to- co- that classic cocoa dust, you know, as tiramisu has. Just kind of playing around with different ways to do things, even though I might have done it before and everybody loved it that way and like thought it looked great that way. Still, why not elevate it even another step forward, you know? I love it. Always learning, always evolving, I guess. Well, that's awesome. That's the way it's supposed to be, you know. (laughs) Now, you've worked so hard, as I mentioned, um, in your career to get to the point that you're at now as executive pastry chef. What are some strategies that you use to manage and inspire a team now that you have a team under you, you know, in ways of ensuring consistent quality, innovation? My number one thing is leading by example. A lot of times... I've had really good chefs for the most part that I've worked under, but you hear, you know, stories of, you know, in the culinary world where there are chefs that just kind of stand around, walk around circles and, you know, bark orders. And I've never wanted to be that. I've never wanted to like, you know, talk down on anybody, look down on anybody. You know, I jump in and do dishes when I need to. It's all one kitchen and we all work together as a team. So I'm big on leading by example as far as like cleanliness, of course, creativity, I'm big on also having my team input though. You know, I mentioned the the wait staff and shoe chefs, but I also have uh, one of my assistant pastry chefs. She's really great. And I always try to get her impact as much as I can. Um, I'm trying to get her to do more as far as like, doing like the power lunch desserts, the little small desserts that we have and and creating a feature every once in a while, a dessert special every once in a while. But she's kind of like nervous about it. I think she's like, she says she's intimidated that it's not going to look as good as my stuff. And I'm like, oh, we can work together and make it amazing, you know? So we're actually, we just talked about this last week about doing a um, s'mores feature to like in the summer, you know, so just encouraging my team to be creative and like have their own voice in the kitchen. I'm not going to be their boss forever. So it's like, we're going to move on and do something, you know, different at one point and you know, just want them to be their creative, you know, drive in the kitchen and everything. I think it's just really amazing how supportive you are of your team and the people you work with and encouraging and that you don't find it like intimidating or competitive. I, I think they're really lucky to work with someone like you. Do you feel that that's just you or you were influenced by someone like that to be that way or you had a really bad boss at one point and were like I don't want to be like that person a lot of it is probably working my the first restaurant that I ever like first like real restaurant that I ever worked in I was able to actually work my way up to having a little bit of creative freedom, even though it sounds so crazy that considering that was like right out of college in my first restaurant. But, you know, I worked really hard there and I gained a little respect, I guess. I was able to create features, specials and stuff. And they actually wanted to hire me as pastry chef, but they weren't really trying to, they were, they they wanted my, um, my creativity, I guess, but they also didn't want to pay me well. Cause, but I think a lot of it was just the fact that at such a young age in such an early point in my career, I was able to um, have a little bit of creative freedom. When I see potential in other people, why not, you know, give them the opportunity, you know? 
I love that you do that. So you've been in the field for 15 years now. And of course, I'm sure unless you know, maybe you know the number of how many desserts you've probably made in 15. It's got to be a lot. Can you say like that there's been like a favorite that you have up until this point that you develop? Um, I don't know if there's really a favorite. There's a couple that I'm really to this day really proud of that were even, you know, made one that actually was made like 10 years ago that I just saw <laughs> pop up on my Facebook memories or whatever. There was um this banana bread bread pudding, which it actually it was, it was like a banana bread that I made, and then I made bread pudding out of that bread and it had like um like a salted caramel sauce and some brulee bananas and a toasted coconut ice cream with it. And like, it was heavy. It was like a very comforting dessert. The fact that that was like 10 years ago and that's something that those flavors and stuff that I would still consider tweaking a little bit, but still consider doing those flavors now kind of mind-blowing. It's like, wow, that like, that's pretty smart of me 10 years ago, you know? Um, Oh, I love giving that you give your younger self like credit. That's really cool. (laughs) Yeah, that was one. I didn't think about that until just now. I'm like, wow, that was pretty cool. Also the Barbie dessert, of course, that's something where I've gotten like so much like praise from people that out of nowhere that I've never talked to. And they're, you know, going to Davios for the first time because they saw it on Instagram. And I'm just like, wow, that's cool, you know? Um, so that's something that's like, you know, when I worked at Canoe, that kind of stuff happened a lot all the time, really. Since I left there and stepped back a little bit, it hasn't happened as much lately. I've been, you know, after Canoe, I worked for a catering company and then I worked at a country club and like, and those places you don't really, you're not as like, I guess you don't get as much interaction with the clients, the customers. So, you know, you're not like featured in this or your works are not featured in the same way that they are now. Yeah. Right. Right. Especially like not at country club or even like with catering, it was more, you know, I was, I did the production side of things. I wasn't really at the events very much. Having that come like full circle and having, you know, customers being like, oh, I want to see the pastry chef and stuff like that is, it's pretty fun. I like it. (laughs) To that point then, like, do you enjoy like being part of a restaurant where you're getting more visibility or your your creations get visibility that then tie back to you and people wanting to meet you and say, who's behind this? Like, Right. I I love it. (laughs) Yeah. That's one thing I think about is is nice. (laughs) Yeah. So having that again and not having to work 70 to 80 hours a week is great. (laughs) I bet. (laughs) Don't blame me for that. (laughs) Now, when a customer, you know, you're getting the reaction, like either visual taste, like, you know, I'm sure it resonates with different people in different ways. What are you trying to accomplish with a like customer as far as like, how are you hoping they react or feel when they have one of your desserts? Really just have them come back, you know, try some more. That's really what it's all about and making sure that they, you know, enjoy that dessert and, you know, want to come back and have some more. Kind of like my outlook a little bit is like treat every guest like they're, you know, my grandma. <laughs> um, me and my grandma were super close. She was, we have, we had the same birthday and uh, she was like the coolest person to me ever. Aww. I want to like them to be like proud to eat my desserts like my grandma would be, you know, I just want customers to love it and come back, enjoy it. And, you know, oh, my God. I I love that. That's so beautiful because what an incredible way to honor your grandmother. That's, oh my gosh. I'm sure she would be incredibly proud of you. Don't make me cry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) This is not one of those shows. (laughs) I'm good. I'm good. (laughs) 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> so, okay, you were featured on the Food Network show Incredible Edibles America. Uh, what was that experience like for you? Nerve wracking. <laughs> uh, <laughs> exactly like six years and like a few days ago, um, recently, another Facebook, you know, memory popped up recently. And I was like, oh my God, that was a while ago now. But I was just remembering it was such a long day. They were at the restaurant for like, I want to say for the first day, they were there for maybe 15 hours and they came back another day for like three or four more. So it was, it was crazy. And there was just a small clip on the show. It, it wasn't even a full 30 minute show. It was probably about from me and the other chef at Canoe, they were doing two different, like they're doing an entree and then the dessert. It was probably about 10 minutes of the show. And they were there for that long to get that. <laughs> oh my gosh. So it, was, it was a long day, but it was very exciting. And looking back at like watching it back was hilarious. But yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. And, you know, I was very nervous. Now, had they reached out to you? They reached out to the restaurant about the popcorn sundae dessert that we had. Yeah, they, so they reached out to the restaurant and were like, okay. Chef Jennifer, you're going to be in this. I'm like, oh, oh wow. Okay. <laughs> it was only probably like two weeks before when I found out about it. That could be good because then you don't have to stress. Like if you don't have a lot of advanced time, sometimes that's good. But yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. It was a very long day, obviously. But yeah, I feel like if I was to do it again, it would be a lot smoother. I think I I was like nervous laughing the whole time almost. <laughs> it's kind of funny to go back and watch it. it. It was a lot of fun. It was a good experience for sure. As talented as you are, I am sure you will be on many more programs to come. So you will have your chance to shine again. And each time we'll get more fun, hopefully. Thank you. <laughs> well, you obviously have an influence on those who work for you, given the story you shared about the girl that you encourage, you said was nervous and you like to help, you know, guide her. Um, so how do you stay on top of culinary trends and techniques yourself? so that you could incorporate them into creating new things and, you know, changing up things you've made in the past. So pretty regularly, like probably every day, honestly, I look on, you know, things like Instagram and Google. I um, I Google, it's probably like too often. A lot of times I work at an Italian restaurant, I, I Google dessert trends in Italy right now or, you know, or something like that to just see what is going on over there. And to make sure that we're staying true to that, you know, those Italian desserts and not just doing like the the obvious stuff, tiramisu and panna cotta, you know, the, you know, the, those are great desserts, but still, you know, looking at different trends um, that's going on now over there. And then also not so much lately, but I used to take a lot of classes. There's this chocolate company called Verona that does a lot of classes. So I've taken classes with them. I've been to uh, Brook. I took a trip to Brooklyn to take two, it was a two or three, two or three day class over there for plated dessert. Like, yeah, I just, I always want to learn and educate myself and look what's, you know, trendy online and everything. And, you know, sometimes there's stuff online that's over the top and not realistic for, you know, volume, but taking from that still, you know, certain things, like I said, 
said, I like playing with different techniques and textures, just looking at anything that seems interesting to me that's beautiful and fun. Now, is there anything to that point that like you've seen and you were like, oh, that like I would love to make that, but I'm I'm guessing you're going to say no to this, but <laughs> that it intimidates you and you're like, oh, but I can't make that or like something that you would take and to your point, like modify. There's been some things that I've done that I've tried and just didn't work. This is something I wanted to do around Christmas time was making a snow globe dessert. Oh, wow. So I wanted to make an edible snow globe out of sugar. And I've been seeing, you know, different videos about making, you know, sugar domes. And there's a certain way to do them. But the the way that I know how to do it and can do pretty easily, it comes out just, it's not clear enough. It's like a little foggy. There's like bubbles sometimes if you don't do it just perfectly right. So as far as, like I said, just a second ago, volume, it's not really real. Realistic. You make like two or three, and then that's really all you can do, you know? And then the first three lucky patrons of the evening get to have a snow globe dessert. Right. Right. Because it's just, it doesn't make sense as far as how long it takes, you know? And there's another way that I was looking that would be really beautiful, clear, really pretty, but it just was not working for me. I think it was too humid in our kitchen. Our kitchen is hot. Um, we don't have like a special chocolate room or anything like that, which a lot of these people do that have like really do really cool things online and do have like temperature controlled pastry kitchens, which we don't have. So it was just too hot in there. It just kept on collapsing. I wasn't able to do it. So that's like one, one thing that thing I've seen online that I wasn't like, you know, I tried, but it didn't work out. <laughs> hey, that's okay. You tried. Yeah. And it's, it's cool that, you know, you know, the, like the cooking environment you're in and due to the factors you can't control with everybody and talking about like trends and health and stuff and the growing demand for healthy and dietary restricted options. And how do you balance creating indulgent desserts and incorporating elements of nutrition and alternative ingredients into your pastry creations? Yeah. Um, so I have family members. I have my, my brother's vegan. I have family members that have, you know, diabetes. And then I have a, a sister-in-law who's gluten-free. So I always try to, you know, not uh, for, so for like home time, like when I'm at home making stuff for family or whatever, you know, I have the vegan brother to consider and finding, dif using different replacements for like eggs and stuff like that. Recently I did, uh, he has a, well, this was, I guess, it's been a little while. It's been a little over a year. I had made this baby shower cake. He has a baby boy I'm making his baby shower cake. And I wanted it to, you know, be vegan. Just playing with different, you know, ingredients to make, you know, that cake turn out delicious. My, like some people were like, oh, I didn't even realize it was vegan. I thought they were just like, indulging today, you know. So that was cool. And then, you know, working with gluten-free flours, different things like that. Also into like my everyday life for myself, trying to be healthier, just finding different substitutions you know recently i've been you might have seen the craze the craze of like the yogurt frozen yogurt bites with like the berries mixed in and dipped in chocolate I've been making those at home way too more, way more than I would like to admit. So it's okay, you know. I appreciate your honesty. <laughs> right. You know, so just trying to still be able to create things for the people that I love and myself. And you know, at the restaurant, we have a couple of desserts that are lighter that have like it's like a play on a cannoli um, that's actually gluten-free that has made with um, almond flour. And then it also has like a bunch of fruit with it, different um, pineapple, kiwi, mixed berries. 
So that's a pretty light dessert. doesn't have a whole lot of sugar in it. So that's kind of more on the healthy side. And then also, you know, when you're, you know, daily basis, you're not really going to restaurants to have dessert. So it's okay to indulge every once in a while and have those um, more indulgent desserts. I agree. Special occasion is why it's a special occasion. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, yeah. But, you know, in the future, I do want to like get more into definitely for, for myself and my family baking, you know, a little bit more healthier and, you know, finding more things that I really like that are, you know, healthy. Those, those yogurt little cluster things I like a lot. I got I need to do more of those healthy things that I really enjoy. That's cool that you're like open-minded and thinking of like your family's needs and able to use them as you're getting pigs in. Right. <laughs> you shared that one of your dreams is to open a bakery within the next couple of years. What are some steps that you're taking to make that dream a reality? So the big thing is money. <laughs> um, me and my husband have been working on saving saving money and building credit, especially mine. His has already been good. Like I've, I've, we've just been married a couple of years and his has always been good, but mine have to work on a little bit. No judgment. Right. Um, and then also, um, you know, social media is so big now, you know, where right now my my Instagram isn't where I want it to be. I was actually hacked. Like, I want to say it's been like a year and a half now. I've been trying to build it. It's been a slow process, but try to build that more. Actually, one of my, my coworkers were actually just started working together to do that. So um, just building, being, building my follower base as far as, you know, social media and everything. And, and that, that also with that, maybe finding some investors that are, you know, open to my, like, or like have the same, or they enjoy my vision and, you know, want to support that kind of, a, that's not how I meant to phrase that, but you know what I yeah, mean. Yeah. A shared vision and they support that. Right. Right. <laughs> and they want to be along for that journey because you're going to like explode. I know you well, like you're so incredibly talented. You, that's so sweet. You're blowing my head up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm going to say to unplugged listeners, listen up. Uh, help Jennifer explode her social media. We got to get you back up there after the bad hackers. I think you have so many exciting things going on and coming up. To learn more about Jennifer, visit her IG page and blow it up, which is at pastry chef Jennifer Paul underscore tamale. And these details are also going to be in the Gal on the Go Unplugged show note. Thank you for taking the time to unplug with me today, Jennifer. Thank you for having me. You got it. And to my listeners, remember, be curious, be kind, and be bold.